Act Two of Life is a Dream by Pedro Calderon de la Barca, translated by Edward Fitzgerald, 1809-1883. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two. Scene One. A throne room in the palace. Music within. Enter King and Clotaldo meeting a lord in waiting you for a moment beckon from your office tell me thus far how goes it in due time the potion left him at the very hour to which your highness tempered it yet not so wholly but some lingering mist still hung about his dawning senses which to clear we filled and handed him a morning drink with sleep's specific antidote suffused and while with princely raiment we invested what nature surely modelled for a prince all but the sword as you directed aye if not too loudly yet emphatically still with the title of a prince addressed him how bore he that with all the rest my liege i will not say so like one in a dream as one himself misdoubting that he dreamed so far so well clotaldo either way and best of all if toward the worse i dread but yet no violence at most impatience wearied perhaps with importunities we yet were bound to offer oh clotaldo though thus far well yet would myself have drunk the potion he revives from such suspense crowds all the pulses of life's residue into the present moment and i think whichever way the trembling scale may turn will leave the crown of poland for some one to wait no longer than the setting sun courage my liege the curtain is undrawn and each must play his part out manfully leaving the rest to heaven whose written words if i should misinterpret or transgress but as you say to the lord who exits you back to him at once clotaldo you when he is somewhat used to the new world of which they call him prince where place and face and all is strange to him with your known features and familiar garb shall then as chorus to the scene accost him and by such earnest of that old and too familiar world assure him of the new last in the strange procession i myself will by one full and last development complete the plot for that catastrophe that he must put to all god grant it be the crown of poland on his brows hark hark was that his voice within now louder oh clotaldo what so soon begun to roar again above the music but betide what may until the moment we must hide exeunt king and clotaldo sigismund within forbear i stifle with your perfume cease your crazy salutations peace i say begone or let me go ere i go mad with all this babble mummery and glare for i am growing dangerous 
air, room, air. He rushes in. Music ceases. Oh, but to save the reeling brain from wreck with its bewildered senses. He covers his eyes for a while. What? Ian, now? That babble left behind me, but my eyes pursued by the same glamour. That, unless alike bewitched too, the confederate sense vouches for palpable. Bright shining floors that ring hard answer back to the stamped heel, and shoot up airy columns marble cold, that, as they climb, break into golden leaf and capital, till they embrace aloft in clustering flower and fruitage over walls hung with such purple curtain as the west fringes with such a gold, or overlaid with sanguine glowing semblances of men, each in his all but living action busied, or from the wall they look from with fixed eyes pursuing me, and one most strange of all that, as I passed the crystal on the wall, looked from it, left it, and as I return, returns and looks me face to face again, unless some false reflection of my brain, the outward semblance of myself, myself? How know that tawdry shadow for myself, but that it moves as I move, lifts his hand with mine, each motion echoing so close the immediate suggestion of the will in which myself I recognize, myself. What this fantastic Sigismund, the same who last night, as for all his nights before, lay down to sleep in wolfskin on the ground, in a black turret which the wolf howled round, and woke again upon a golden bed, round which, as clouds about a rising sun, in scarce less glittering comparison, gathered gay shapes that, underneath a breeze of music, handed him upon their knees the wine of heaven in a cup of gold, and still in soft melodious undersong, hailing me Prince of Poland, Sigismund, they said, our prince, the Prince of Poland, and again, oh, welcome, welcome to his own, our own Prince Sigismund, oh, but a blast, one blast of the rough mountain air. One look at the grim features. He goes to the window. What? They despised also? Shattered chaos cast into stately shape and masonry, between whose channeled and perspective sides, compact with rooted towers, and flourishing to heaven with gilded pinnacle and spire, flows the live current ever to and fro, with open aspect and free step. Clotaldo! Clotaldo! calling as one scarce dares call for him who suddenly might break the spell one fears to walk without him why that i with unencumbered step as any there go stumbling through my glory feeling for that iron leading string i for myself for that fast anchored self of yesterday of yesterday and all my life before ere drifted clean from self-identity upon the fluctuation of to-day's mad whirling circumstance and fool why not if reason sense and self-identity obliterated from a worn-out brain art thou not maddest striving to be sane and catching at that self of yesterday that like a leper's rags best flung away or if not mad then dreaming dreaming well dreaming then or if self to self be true not mocked by that but as poor souls have been by those who wrong them to give wrong new relish or have those stars indeed they told me of, as masters of my wretched life of old, into some happier constellation rolled, and brought my better fortune out on earth, clear as themselves in heaven? Prince Sigismund, they called me, and at will I shook them off. Will they return again at my command, 
again to call me so? Within there, you, Sigismund, calls. Prince Sigismund. He has seated himself on the throne. Enter Chamberlain with lords in waiting. I rejoice that unadvised of any but the voice of royal instinct in the blood, your highness has tamed the chair that you were born to fill. The chair? The royal throne of Poland, sir, which may your royal highness keep as long as he that now rules from it shall have ruled when heaven has called him to itself. When he? Your royal father, King Basilo, sir. My royal father, King Basilio. You see, I answer but as Echo does, not knowing what she listens or repeats. This is my throne. This is my palace. Oh, but this out of the window? Warsaw, sir. Your capital. And all the moving people. Your subjects and your vassals, like ourselves. I, I, my subjects, in my capital, Warsaw, and I am prince of it. You see, it needs much iteration to strike sense into the human echo. Left a while, in the quick brain, the word will quickly to full meaning blow. You think so? And meanwhile, lest our obsequiousness, which means no worse than customary honour to the prince, we must rejoice to welcome, trouble you. Should we retire again, or stand apart, or would your highness have the music play, again with meditation, as they say, so often loves to float upon? The music? No, yes, perhaps the trumpet. Aside. Yet if that brought back the troop. The trumpet. There again, how trumpet-like spoke out the blood of Poland. Before the morning is far up, your highness, we'll have the trumpet marshalling your soldiers under the palace windows. Ah, my soldiers. My soldiers. Not black visored? Sir? Uh, no matter. But one thing, for a moment, in your ear. Do you know one Clotaldo? Oh, my lord, he and myself together, I may say, although in different vocations, have silvered in your royal father's service, and as I trust, with both of us, a few white hairs to fall in yours. Well said, well said. Basilio, my father. Well, Clotaldo, is he my kinsman too? Oh, my good lord, a general simply in your highness's service, than whom your highness has no trustier. Aye, so you said before, I think. And you with that white wand of yours. Why, now I think on it, I have read of such a silvered-haired magician with a wand, who in a moment with a wave of it turned rags to jewels, clowns to emperors, by some benigner magic than the stars, spirited poor good people out of hand from all their woes, in some enchanted sleep carried them off on cloud or dragon-back over the mountains, over the wide deep, and set them down to wake in fairyland. Oh, my good lord, you laughed at me, and I, right glad to make you laugh at such a price, you know me no enchanter. If I were, and I with my wand as much as your highnesses, as now your chamberlain. My chamberlain? And these that follow you? And you, my lord, your highnesses lords in waiting? Lords in waiting? Well, I have now learned to repeat, I think, if only but by rote, this is my palace, and this is my throne, which unadvised, and that out of the window there, my capital, and all the people moving up and down, my subjects and my vassals, like yourselves, my chamberlain, and lords-in-waiting, and Clotaldo, and Clotaldo? You are an aged and seem a reverend man. You do not, though his fellow officer, you do not mean to mock me? Oh, my lord. Well, then, if no magician, as you say, yet setting me a riddle that my brain, with all its senses whirling, cannot solve, 
yourself or one of these with you must answer how i that only last night fell asleep not knowing that the very soil of earth i lay down chained to sleep upon was poland awake to find myself the lord of it with lords and generals and chamberlains and e'en my very jailer for my vassals enter clotaldo suddenly stand all aside that i may put into his hand the clue to lead him out of this amazement sir vouchsafe your highness from my bended knee receive my homage first clotaldo what at last his old self undisguised where all is masquerade to end it you kneeling too what have the stars you told me long ago laid that old work upon you added this that having chained your prisoner so long you loose his body now to slay his wits dragging him how i know not whither scarce i understand dressing him up in all this frippery with your dumb familiars disvisored and their lips unlocked to lie calling him prince and king and madman like sending a crown of straw upon his head would but your highness as indeed i now must call you and upon his bended knee never bent subject more devotedly however all about you and perhaps you yourself incomprehensiblest but rest in the assurance of your own sane waking senses by these witnesses attested till the story of it all of which i bring a chapter be revealed assured of all you see and hear as neither madness nor mockery what then all it seems this palace with its royal garniture this capital of which it is the eye with all its temples marts and arsenals this realm of which this city is the head with all its cities villages and tilth its armies fleets and commerce all your own and all these living souls that make them up from those who now and those who shall salute you down to the poorest peasant of the realm your subjects who though now their mighty voice sleeps in the general body unapprised wait but a word from those above you now to hail you prince of poland sigismund all this is so as sure as anything is or can be you swear it on the faith you taught me elsewhere clotaldo kissing the hilt of his sword swear it upon this symbol and champion of the holy faith i wear it to defend sigismund to himself my eyes have not deceived me nor my ears with this transfiguration nor the strain of royal welcome that arose and blew breathed from no lying lips along with it for here clotaldo comes his own old self who if not lie and phantom with the rest aloud well then all this is thus for have not these fine people told me so and you clotaldo swore it and the why and wherefore are to follow by and by and yet and yet why wait for that which you who take your oath on it can answer and indeed it presses hard upon my brain what i was asking of these gentlemen when you came in upon us how it is that i 
the Sigismund you know so long, no longer than the sun that rose today, rose, and from what you know, rose to be Prince of Poland. So to be acknowledged and entreated, sir. So be, acknowledged and entreated. Well, but if now by all, by some at least, so known, if not entreated heretofore, though not by you, for now I think again, of what should be your attestation worth? You that of all my questionable subjects, who knowing what, yet left me where I was. You least of all, Clotaldo, till the dawn of this first day that told it to myself. Oh, let your highness draw the line across forewritten sorrow, and in this new dawn bury that long sad night. Not e'en the dead, called to the resurrection of the blessed, shall so directly drop all memory of woes and wrongs foregone. But not resent purged by the trial of that sorrow past for full fruition of their present bliss but leaving with the judge what till this earth be cancelled in the burning heavens he leaves his earthly delicates to execute of retribution in reward to them and woe to those who wrong them not as you not you clotaldo knowing not and yet e'en the guiltiest wretch in all the realm of any treason guilty short of that stern usage but assuredly not knowing not knowing twas your sovereign lord, Clotaldo, you used so sternly. Ay, sir, with the same devotion and fidelity that now does homage to him for my sovereign. Fidelity that held his prince in chains. Fidelity more fast than had it loosed him. E'en from the very dawn of consciousness, down at the bottom of the barren rocks, where scarce a ray of sunshine found him out, in which the poorest beggar of my realm at least to human full proportion grows me me whose station was the kingdom's top to flourish in reaching my head to heaven and with my branches overshadowing the meaner growth below still with the same fidelity to me i sir to you through that divine allegiance upon which all order and authority is based which to revolt against were to revolt against the stars belike and him who reads them and by that right and by the sovereignty he wears that you shall wear it after him ay one to whom yourself yourself even more than any subject here are bound by yet another and more strong allegiance king basilio your father basilio king my father o oh, my lord let me beseech you on my bended knee for your own sake for poland's and for his who looking up for counsel to the skies did what he did under authority to which the kings of earth themselves are subject and whose behest not only he that suffers but he that executes not comprehends but only he that orders it the king my father either i am mad already or that way driving fast or i should know that fathers do not use their children so or men were loosed from all allegiance to fathers kings in a heaven that ordered all but mad or not my hour is come and i will have my reckoning either you lie under the skirt of sinless majesty shrouding your treason or if that indeed guilty itself take refuge in the stars that cannot hear the charge or disavow you whether doer or deviser 
who come first to hand shall pay the penalty by the same hand you owe it to seizing clotaldo's sword and about to strike him enter rosora suddenly fie my lord forbear what a young hand raised against silver hair she retreats through the crowd stay stay what come and vanished as before i scarce remember how but voices within room for enter astolfo welcome thrice welcome the auspicious day when from the mountain where he darkling lay the polish sun into the firmament sprung all the brighter for his late ascent and in meridian glory where is he why must i ask this twice the page my lord i wonder at his boldness but i tell you he came with angel written in his face as now it is when all was black as hell about and none of you who now he came and angel-like flung me a shining sword to cut my way through darkness and again angel-like wrests it from me in behalf of one whom i will spare for sparing him but he must come and plead with that same voice that prayed for me in vain he is gone for and shall attend your pleasure sir meanwhile will not your highness as in courtesy return your royal cousin's greeting whose astolfo duke of muscovy my lord saluted and with gallant compliments welcomed you to your royal title sigismund to astolfo oh you knew of this then knew of what my lord that i was prince of poland all the while and you my subject pardon me my lord but some few hours ago myself i learned your dignity but knowing it no more than when i knew it not your subject what then your highness chamberlain even now has told you astolfo duke of muscovy your father's sister's son your cousin sir and who as such and in his own right prince expects from you the courtesy he shows his highness is as yet unused to court and to the ceremonious interchange of compliments especially to those who draw their blood from the same royal fountain where is the lad i weary of all of this prince cousins chamberlains and compliments where are my soldiers blow the trumpet and with one sharp blast scatter these butterflies and bring the men of iron to my side with whom a king feels like a king indeed voices within within, within there, there. Room, room for, for princess estrella enter estrella with ladies welcome my lord right welcome to the throne that much too long has waited for your coming and in the general voice of poland here a kinswoman and cousins no less sincere ay this is welcomeworth indeed and cousin cousinworth oh i have thus over the threshold of the mountains seen leading a bevy of fair stars the moon entered the court of heaven my kinswoman my cousin but my subject if you please to count your cousin for your subject sir you shall not find her a disloyal oh but there are twin stars in that heavenly face that now i know for having overruled those evil ones that darkened all my past and brought me forth from that captivity to be the slave of her who set me free indeed my lord these eyes have no such power over the past or present but perhaps they brighten at your welcome to supply the little that a lady's speech commends and in the hope that let whichever be the other subject we may both be friends your hand to that but why does this warm hand shoot a cold shudder through me <laughs> in revenge for likening me to that 
cold moon perhaps oh but the lip whose music tells me so breathes of a warmer planet and that lip shall remedy the treason of the hand he catches to embrace her <gasps> release me sir and pardon me my lord this lady is a princess absolute as prince he is who just saluted you and claims her by affiance hence old fool forever thrusting that white stick of yours between me and my pleasure this cause is mine forbear sir what sir mouthpiece you again my lord i waive your insult to myself in recognition of the dignity you yet are new to and that greater still you look in time to wear but for this lady whom if my cousin now i hope to claim henceforth by yet a nearer dearer name and what care i she is my cousin too and if you be a prince well am not i lord of the very soil you stand upon by that and by that right beside a blood that like a fiery fountain hitherto pent in the rock leaps toward her at her touch mine before all the cousins in muscovy you call me prince of poland and yourselves my subjects traitors therefore to this hour who let me perish all my youth away chained there among the mountains till forsooth terrified at your treachery foregone you spirit me up here i know not how popinjay like it invest me like yourselves choke me with scent and music that i loathe and worse than all the music and the scent with false long-winded fulsome compliment that oh you are my subjects and in word reiterating still obedience thwart me indeed in every step i take when just about to wreck a just revenge upon that old arch-traitor of you all filch from my vengeance him i hate and him i loved the first and only face till this i cared to look on in your ugly court and now when palpably i grasp at last what hitherto but shadowed in my dreams affiances and interferences the first who dares to meddle with me more princes and chamberlains and counsellors touch her who dares that dare i sigismund seizing him by the throat you dare my lord his strength's a lion voices within the, the king. king the, the king. king enter king and on a sudden how he stands at gaze as might a wolf just fastened on his prey glaring at a suddenly encountered lion and i that hither flew with open arms to fold them round my son must now return to press them to an empty heart again he sits on the throne that is the king my father after a long pause i've heard that sometimes some blind instinct has been known to draw to mutual recognition those of the same blood beyond all memory divided or even never met before i know not how this is perhaps in brutes that live by kindlier instincts but i know that looking now upon that head whose crown pronounces him a sovereign king i feel no setting of the current in my blood toward him as sire how is it with you old man toward him they call your son alas alas your sorrow then beholding what i do ay but how know this sorrow that has grown and moulded to this present shape of man as of your own creation even from birth but from that hour to this near as i think some twenty such renewals of the year as trace themselves upon the barren rocks i never saw you nor you me unless unless indeed through one of those dark masks through which a son might fail to recognize the best of fathers be that as you will 
but now we see each other face to face know me as you i know which did i not by whatsoever signs assuredly you were not here to prove it at my risk you are my father and is it true then as clotaldo swears twas you that from the dawning birth of one yourself brought into being you i say who stole his very birthright not alone that secondary and peculiar right of sovereignty but even that prime inheritance that all men share alike and chained him chained him like a wild beast's whelp among as savage mountains to this hour answer if this be thus o oh, segismund and all that i have done that seems to you and without further hearing fairly seems unnatural and cruel twas not i but one who writes his order in the sky i dared not misinterpret nor neglect who knows with what reluctance oh those stars those stars that too far up from human blame to clear themselves or careless of the charge still bear upon their shining shoulders all the guilt men shift upon them nay but think not only on the common score of kind but that peculiar count of sovereignty if not behind the beast in brain as heart how should i thus deal with my innocent child doubly desired and doubly dear when come as that sweet second self that all desire and princes more than all to root themselves by that succession in their people's hearts unless at that superior will to which not kings alone but sovereign nature bows and what had those same stars to tell of me that should compel a father and a king so much against that double instinct that which i have brought you hither at my peril against their written warning to disprove by justice mercy human kindliness and therefore made yourself their instrument to make your son the savage and the brute they only prophesied are you not afeard lest irrespective as such creatures are of such relationship the brute you made revenge the man you marred like sire like son to do by you as you by me have done you never had a savage heart from me i may appeal to poland then from whom if pure and fountain poisoned by yourself when scarce begun to flow to make a man not as i see degraded from the mould i came from nor compared to those about and then to throw your own flesh to the dogs why not at once i say if terrified at the prophetic omens of my birth have drowned or stifled me as they do whelps too costly or too dangerous to keep that living you might learn to live and rule yourself and poland by the means you took to spoil for either nay but sigismund you know not cannot know happily wanting the sad experience on which knowledge grows how the too early consciousness of power spoils the best blood nor whether for your long constrained disinheritance which but for me remember and for my relenting love bursting the bond of fate had been eternal you have not now a full indemnity wearing the blossom of your youth unspent in the voluptuous sunshine of a court that often by too early blossoming too soon deflowers the rose of royalty ay but what some precocious warmth may spill may not an early frost as surely kill 
but segismund my son whose quick discourse proves i have not extinguished and destroyed the man you charged me with extinguishing however it condemned me for the fault of keeping a good light so long eclipsed reflect this is the moment upon which those stars whose eyes although we see them not by day as well as night are on us still hang watching up in the meridian heaven which way the balance turns and if to you as by your dealing god decided may to my confusion let me answer it unto yourself alone who shall at once approve yourself to be your father's judge and sovereign of poland in his stead by justice mercy self-sobriety and all the reasonable attributes without which impotent to rule himself others one cannot and one must not rule but which if you but show the blossom of all that is past we shall but look upon as the first outfling of a generous nature rioting in first liberty and if this blossom do but promise such a flower as promises in turn its kindly fruit forthwith upon your brows the royal crown that now weighs heavy on my aged brows i will devolve and while i pass away into some cloister with my maker there to make my peace in penitence and prayer happily settle the disordered realm that now cries loudly for a lineal heir and so when the crown falters on your shaking head and slips the sceptre from your palsied hand and poland for her rightful heir cries out when not only your stolen monopoly fails you of earthly power but cross the grave the judgment trumpet of another world calls you to count for your abuse of this then oh then terrified by the double danger you drag me from my den boast not of giving up at last the power you can no longer hold and never rightly held but in fee for him you robbed it from and be assured your savage once let loose will not be caged again so quickly not by threat or adulation to be tamed till he hath had his quarrel out with those who made him what he is beware beware subdue the kindled tiger in your eye nor dream that it was sheer necessity made me thus far relax the bond of fate and with far more of terror than of hope threaten myself my people and the state know that if old i yet have vigour left to wield the sword as well as wear the crown and if my more immediate issue fail not wanting signs of collateral blood whose wholesome growth shall more than compensate for all the loss of a distorted stem that will i straightway bring to trial oh after a revelation such as this the last day shall have little left to show of righted wrong and villainy requited nay judgment now beginning upon earth myself methinks in sight of all my wrongs appointed heaven's avenging minister accuser judge and executioner sword in hand sight the guilty first as worst the usurper of his son's inheritance him and his old accomplice time and crime inveterate and unable to repay the golden years of life they stole away what does he yet maintain his state and keep the throne he should be judged from down with him that i may trample on the false white head so long has worn my crown where are my soldiers of all my subjects and my vassals here not one to do my bidding 
Hark! A trumpet! The trumpet! He pauses as the trumpet sounds as in Act One, and masked soldiers gradually fill in behind the throne. King, rising before his throne. Aye, indeed, the trumpet blows a memorable note to summon those who, if forthwith you fall not at the feet of him whose head you threaten with the dust, forthwith shall draw the curtain of the past about you, and this momentary gleam of glory that you think to hold life fast, so coming, so shall vanish, as a dream. He prophesies, the old man prophesies, and at his trumpet summons from the tower the leash-bound shadows loosened after me, my rising glory reach and overlower, but reach not I my height, he shall not hold, but with me back to his own darkness. He dashes toward the throne, and is enclosed by soldiers. Traitors! Hold off! Unhand me! Am not I your king? And you would strangle him? But I am breaking with an inward fire, shall scorch you off, and wrap me on the wings of conflagration from a kindled pyre of lying prophecies and prophet kings above the extinguished stars. Reach me the sword he flung me. Fill me such a bowl of wine as that you walked the day with. And shall close, but of the vintage that Clotaldo knows. Excellent. End of Act Two.